Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast episode. Now you're going to get on my lap, Simon? Episode 441 for the week of September 30th, 2017. I'm Chris Privetier. Hello. Joining me today, Kelly Ryan. My cat is sleeping goodly in his own kitty bed. My cats won't behave for the podcast. I'm surprised your cat's actually sleeping in the cat bed. Usually they sleep anywhere except the cat bed. Well, people don't know this trick. You just put a t-shirt of yours in any place you want a cat to sleep and they'll sleep there. Oh, and then you can take the t-shirt away or does the t-shirt live there now? No, I would recommend an old t-shirt. But <laughs> the t-shirt's yeah, going to live you... there now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but still, it's a okay. cheap way to get a cat to sleep in a cat bed. Mm. How long does that last? It, it actually lasts pretty good once they kind of get used to sleeping there. They stay there. So, this is very smart. Uh, also, yeah. also with us, Pascal Takaya. I'm sleepy. sleepy. Somebody put a t-shirt somewhere. <laughs> what? Don't you have your own t-shirts you can put somewhere? Yeah, but I'm used to those. That doesn't oh, okay. help me any. All right. Kelly, give him a t-shirt of yours. <laughs> Jonathan I don't Stringer, think like also smell. with us. <laughs> See, my cats sleep in the dog beds. My dogs sleep in the cat beds. Yeah, of course. And the other way to get a cat to lay on something is put like a piece of plastic or a cardboard thing on the floor and they'll lay on it for whatever reason. I had my I bag why. open last night. So the cat, of course, went down and sat on the top flap of my bag. It's like, why are you sitting on my bag? And the answer is because you don't want me to. Oh, yeah. Luggage the night before going uh, on a trip. You better not leave it open. Yeah. Better not leave that luggage open. It's fine if you want to take half your cat's fur with you. <laughs> or sometimes your cat. <laughs> yeah, leave Does it open happen? for hilarity. Yeah, people have had cats escape, like escape in hotel rooms and stuff. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to bring my cat to the hotel, but I don't think they would like that very much. Well, it's RPG Cast. No Anna Marie this week. She is ill. Um, and we are going to get into what we've been playing. I'm going to let you all know, I've been playing more Divinity Original Sin 2. I really like that game. It's so good. I'm, like, deep in it, and I haven't been cheating. Go me. I have not been cheating. Nobody believes Achievement me. unlocked. Good job. Don't um, cheat. Yeah, uh, I've been wanting to cheat because there are just some, uh, some frustrating things about, like, checks and what you don't uh, whenever you're dealing with a game like this there are things that there are bugs and stuff that can trigger and, and things that can make it more frustrating you're like you know if I just had max stats here this would just work the first time and I wouldn't have to save scum and this would be less frustrating but whatever I'm dealing with it and I'm, I'm viewing it as a challenge and it is amazing to me how well balanced it has felt playing on explorer mode which is their easy mode which makes me really scared about anyone who's having to play this through on normal mode or higher, because I just can't imagine the battles being... Uh, the battles would just take so long, I would think. Um, how are How is it going for you, Jonathan? You're probably playing on normal. No, we're playing on Tactician. Tactician? Oh, even harder. Yeah. That's right. 
We have to restart sometimes. Just sometimes, huh? Yeah. Depending on the difficulty of the there's some we went through and just beat it the first time, and there's some. Actually, we're kind of at a little impasse in the town now. Mm. Uh, try the arena guys killed us. We tried a few different tactics. We can't beat him yet, so we need, maybe we need more the, gear. Is this the arena in Driftwood or the arena in Fort Joy? Fort Joy. Oh, okay, yeah. So well, we didn't. I didn't play much all week until we played last night. So it's been incremental steps. I may start my own single player one that's separate from them just because getting everyone together to play i know i could go on without them but i don't yeah it's, so uh, that would seem like it would be slow progress waiting for everybody and yeah this but, game's I mean, really uh, long yeah the first island takes 20 hours <laughs> yeah uh, that the crocs we lost to the first time beat the second we lost the arena three, four times now. That guy in the dungeon, he just destroyed us. So he's like, oh, we're not ready yet. <laughs> um, those We killed those frogs. Those flaming slugs destroyed us. Oh, you can talk to them. Yeah, but we wanted to kill them for XP. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole quest with that, the, the queen of those slugs. There's a quest? Oh, yeah. Because if you get near her, she just tries to kill you. Um, you need to talk to her properly. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you need to talk to um one of the. There's a slug at the entrance you have to talk to first, and then yeah. you can go and talk to her. Okay. And you have to flatter her properly. Ah. Uh, She's um yeah. If you change one little letter in that, it becomes such a different conversation. <laughs> Not about slugs anymore. Mm. I see. All right. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's most of my update with that game. I don't have too much to say. Just that it's fairly tough, and I I really kind of want to go back. From I'm gonna do single player mode on my own, going back through and beating all of one like you did, and then going through two. Oh geez, yeah. They're very different right. feeling games, uh, tone wise. Um, yeah. One is more of a uh, traditional upbeat save the world sort of game and this is a much darker affair <laughs> hmm. whoa what was that noise that was my phone i forgot to put on silent oh okay <laughs> <laughs> thought, like you're on a tugboat and it's like <laughs> <laughs> luckily when the call it was just uh it was just like a little notification ding but but yeah that's that's where i am in divinity os2 not a lot of progress but a little bit. Cool, 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 cool. Ah, I just don't know how you guys are doing those battles, but I guess the answer is um, you're you're doing you're having to wait and come back to them later. Whereas I don't. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. I like tougher. I I play. I'd say strategy type RPGs are one of my most played and favorite games. So I kind of like the challenge. So yeah, I, the problem is when for me in this game when the way the battle goes can affect quest results. Like there's a battle in later on where you need to get a guy down to low health, but not kill him. And, um, you can, obviously you could do whatever you want in this game, but the quest result I wanted revolves not killing him and you have to get him down and then heal him and pulling that off and not losing the fight is extremely, it, it's, it's, it's difficult on norm on easy mode. 
I, I don't even see how it'd be possible on a harder difficulty. It would just seem... I, I don't know how you would last in the fight long enough because you'd just be destroyed, I would think. But, but the idea of the fights getting away in the way of the questing that you want to do, that's what bugs me. Like, I want to be able to pursue the quest results that, that I'm trying to pursue, and I don't want the, the battle system to get in the way of that. So I just don't want it random chance deciding whether or not I can yeah. do this quest path versus that quest path. I don't think that's why they have the different settings for different types no, of. No, you're right. How I could change it too, right? But, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or at least back. Like up some to people normal. want that challenge to be able to mix in and impact their story. Some people leave, give me my story, leave my damn story alone, and the <laughs> battles are just kind of the extra stuff. So. Yeah, I guess. Hmm. Oh well. Uh, I've also been playing some more Galaxy of Pen and Paper. Um, that is a it's a pretty decent game. That's uh, uh, not as good as Divinity Original Sin. Too, but it is uh it seems better to me than the other pen and pep paper games because they give you more things to do to to but to spice up the game so it's not just walk into a town click the button for generate battle kill enough guys to complete quest click story go to next town it's more um you still have that loop in there like the other pen and paper games but um you also have ship uh, combat you have mining you have moving around in a map and talking to people and turning in quests and uh and there's just enough to make it feel a little bit more deep for a pen and paper game so if you like the pen and paper games i think you'll enjoy galaxy of pen and paper if you were just on the edge of them this might give you enough difference to to make it worth trying out um but if the core battle mechanics, I mean, watch a video, if the core battle seems very repetitive and you don't want to get into that, I mean, the writing's nice, but it, that battle system is still the core of the game, so you may not want to get into it. So that's kind of where I'm at with Galaxy Pen and Paper. Ann and I are enjoying playing that at night. I put it on on the laptop and we play it in bed for an hour or so. And, uh, yeah, that's fun. Um, cool. So, Jonathan, how's your XCOM going? Then I was playing some more um, little red alerts of the, I forget what it's called. Um, as the red starts getting towards the end, you lose. I got about two or three blocks away from that. And so I need to go hit up. thing or whatever. Yeah. I need to go hit up uh, one of those factories I uncovered to knock it down a little bit. Uh, one of my better characters got captured by oh, no. the hunter, the, assa the assassin. And so I had to go use a uh, a little mission to try to find where she is to to go rescue her. And while doing that mission, one of my other ones got captured. So oh. it's like a I know it's a cascading failure. <laughs> exactly. So it's like I you know take one step back and one step forward. So I went forward, one back, really. So dealing with that, I was playing that last night and the night before. Um, are you on Iron Man? So you can't like. No, I didn't stuff. do Iron Man, uh, but I, I, I kind of have rules for when I can uh, load or not. Okay. So usually, if it's my stupid mistake, I'll let it go. But there's one, it there was one mission where I was trying to do stuff, and it wasn't letting my guy go back. I think it was a bug, and so I was trying to figure that out, and I finally got it to where it let him go back into, uh, like if you do a rescue mission. You have one extra 
sit rev uh, where you can sit rep where you can um, make your guys go back and stealth each. So because you're really not supposed to fight, you only have three people, and I could let all my other two people go back into uh, stealth, but it wouldn't let one of my characters go into stealth. And it says he's got a mission item that didn't let him go in stealth, but he had no mission item. He just had what he carried in. <laughs> oh no! So it was, yeah, it was really irritating me. So <clears throat> I uh, reloaded that one a couple times, trying to figure out why I was doing that. But for the most part, I'm very. Otherwise, it ruins the the fun for me and part of the charm of what XCOM is. How you gotta weigh your risks and rewards and your characters and your soldiers are kind of like resources themselves so smart use of those resources they keep going if you want to risk one do that so typically that's that's how i manage it but but what if um like i agree with you the way I, that's how i played xcom one basically but um playing two I've, I've had the problem happen a couple of times where i'll make a mistake or maybe it's just bad luck when i send some um you know a character in a certain direction where they're a little bit more cut off from the team. Um, anyway, one character goes down and like, that's acceptable, I guess. But then because of that, the team is now, um, outmatched and one by one, like I end up losing, you know, three or four, um, squad members. So I just like, I'm like, there's no way to continue because now I have just the B team, you know, and, and they're not going to make it through any missions on their own. Uh, see, when I play, I don't usually just keep a core group going. I'll, well, at the very beginning, I'll start that way. I'll get a few guys leveled up pretty good. And if, as long as they don't get hurt or tired, they get to keep running their missions. But then as I get a few that start to get um, leveled up and experienced in higher ranks, I'll then start mixing some of my rookies and squaddies and corporals in. So I'll never have usually, unless it's like a really, really hard story mission kind of thing where I know it's going to be tough, uh, I'll put you know every all my top guys in. But you And usually, they actually, I can't even do it because they get hurt or tired. Or I'll have some lieutenants, captains, whatever, sergeants, and then giving them a, a healthy mix of rookies and squaddies and lower rank guys. So I, I never put all my eggs in one basket, and I get to... Uh, bring up my lower guys to, to try to get them better as well. So that's, that's usually my strategy with uh, the character development. And, and what are you playing on? Just normal? Nah, it's not the, it's like the veteran one. The one. Oh, you're, you're playing at a harder difficulty. Yeah. Wow. I thought XCOM two was already like really challenging on normal. Yeah. I beat, I played XCOM. XCOM two was too hard for me and easy. I beat XCOM one, like three or four times. And then I've beat two twice, once the regular one, once Long War. So otherwise, to me, it's just like doing the same thing. So I have bumped up the challenge a little. I haven't done the, the hardcore, the Iron Man one, the top one. But it's like, isn't there one in between? I'm pretty sure on that one. Like Veteran or something like that. I don't know. Well, there is the easy, which I thought, actually, I thought the easy was too easy. Like yeah. sleep-inducing easy. <laughs> I had to add but, mods. Um, it was too hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I suck at XCOM. I think you can change the difficulties as long as you're not an Iron Man in the game, too. Can you not? Or am I mistaken? I don't think you can't. I'd have to see. Actually, I'll load it up and look. So Giant Bomb's been doing a really funny playthrough of XCOM 1 where they have three different people, and they rotate Mm -hmm. each week who's playing the missions. And so 
that that adds a, a weird element to it, like uh, of of changing visions between the commanders. Um, and one of the commanders is just kind of a jerk and only cares about the character that's named after him. But <coughs> that's uh, what I, it's been really making me want to go back and play XCOM One because um, I never actually played through the first one, and it uh, I, I like the way that that game is designed. Um, it seems more designed around an RPG where you build up your forces more more easily. It looks like. Whereas the second one felt really more designed around tactical battling and doing that stuff better. But um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy right now. But I felt like the games changed their focus a little bit and two tried to be a lot harder than one. Well, no, I felt one was pretty tough too at times. Um, mm-hmm. the div- I think that when the mutons first show up in one, I mean, if you weren't ready, they could wreck your team. Mm-hmm. Uh now, what makes this one a little tougher is some of those, uh, like the the chosen, and some of the other, the queens and king characters or the enemies that can pop in. Those are pretty tough. And in, in XCOM two, I think they made they don't have the, I think the base level enemies aren't as easy. Like you don't have the little mind control zappy guy, the little alien looking dudes that were you know three health hit points mm-hmm. and the, and the the stealth. Uh, FBI looking I can't remember their names now yeah those were really uh, the, easy to kill the one that spit the poison the silent men or something men. yeah yeah so but in this I think the uh, the zombie things the the horde guys are, are pretty easy and the snakes I think are are not too bad in this though they can grab your characters which is annoying but there's more of a range of enemy classes to fight against but yeah I just loaded it up there's rookie veteran commander and legend I'm playing on commander for this one, so that's not the highest one, but it's not the the medium one. So veteran is literally the normal difficulty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's what it feels like too. Like you have to be a veteran. Uh, it's it's good, but like ch- very challenging, I think. Yeah, I like that. To me, that's I want that challenge. I want that. Not not for the first time I play, but when I'm following up with another round, I usually put it on the normal difficulty because I feel that's where designers, uh, developers have designed the balance to be. And then sometimes when you up the challenges, it doesn't really make the AI any better, of course. It just gives them more hit points or kind of cheats in favor of the AI to kind of make up for them being AI. So sometimes I don't care for those kind of difficulties, but... It's it's not been too bad so far. I've had a few, I've lost a few soldiers, but it, nothing catastrophic yet. You just got to be very careful, I think. And sometimes that can be boring because you just want to ah, just want to run this guy out there. Always give him cover. Always give him backup. What if? And you got to kind of do that kind of stuff if you want to save him. There was one mission um, that I played early on where I did not realize it was an extraction mission. Um, and I didn't realize that once you had a character, I don't, I forget what they call it. I guess knocked, knocked out or incapacitated. So they're not dead. They're not bleeding out. They're just stunned, I guess, and laying yeah. on the laying on the ground. Um, that if you leave them and yep. just evacuate everybody else, they're that's dead. it. Yep. <laughs> and in this mission, the um, yep. the what is it? The escape zone. The I forget what it's called. The extraction zone. The extraction zone was like one level up, like on a rooftop. And there was no way, like I could carry my guys close, 
but I couldn't carry them up the the <laughs> onto the rooftop. And really? that was it. Like the timer was like counting down and I didn't have anything to revive them. And it's like, all right, either everybody's lost or I lose. Like it was two people. It was stupid. I've, I've been able to carry uh, my guys up and down ladders before. So it's weird that it wouldn't let you. Um, I, there are some bugs in this game at times. Jonathan lifts, and, bro. Well, and I don't know if there was a ladder there. <laughs> it was a pipe and maybe that's different uh, or I did it wrong. I don't know. And also I didn't realize that having them close to the extraction, like you'd think like, okay, well maybe, <laughs> maybe they could just hang down another rope, but no, not, not that. Anyway, I'm done. Cavalier says <laughs> they're called thin men. Thin, thin men. Yep. That's right. Yep. I always forget all the different enemies names. I just kind of, it's the snake person. That's the FBI guy, <laughs> the CIA guy, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. Kind of have him in my head. Chris, what the hell are you doing? What? What have you been doing for the last 10 minutes? Uh, playing cookie clicker. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird game. All right, so let's see. <laughs> what else have you been playing, Pascal? Ooh, a game that just came out this week. Or is oh, coming out this me? week. Yeah, we're on to you. Okay, we can do that. I want to hear more about... It is. Um, is it? No, I think it's coming out like this coming week sometime. Yeah, maybe. it's coming out this coming week. Yeah. I'm not even sure. Yeah, I've been playing that. It's been good. I, I was really excited about playing it last time I was on. And so it's it's been happening. Um, it's really happening. You want to hear about it? I yeah, do. It's really Please, I would, I would love <laughs> to hear about it. Because if you don't, I mean, I don't have to talk. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I've been right, excited first of about all, it. What for platform me. are you playing this on? Oh, What's I'm on PlayStation. PlayStation, okay. Yeah. So I've been pretty excited about playing it um, from mainly from its battle system, from what I saw when it was shown at E3, and I do I do still think that is the best thing about it. Uh, it's got a really um, it's got a lot of variety in its battle system, and well, you know what? Let's let's back up and start just like because you're playing the. What is, is this the trailer from the, or the gameplay or whatever? Is this the one from the uh, Trine people? Or is this a different one? I can't keep these games. Um, I don't know who made Trine right now. I don't think so, though. This, this is from Airship Syndicate. Airship? No, yeah, it's not Trine, then. Okay, sorry. I don't know who made Trine. Yeah, that's Trilobite or something. A different game. Different people. Gotcha. Okay. So, no, this is this game is based... This was a Kickstarter game, and it's based on the um, on the graphic novel or comic book series from, from some time ago, like quite a bit ago, I think. Um, and I believe that the creator of the, um, actual comic book, um, is like the consulting artist or he's something on the game as well. So he, um, he has input on it and you can really tell because the graphics are really cool, like very, um, very detailed and very comic book like, and I love looking at the game, just watching like the beautifully animated. Yeah, I was going to say. Like it's, this is I mean, a Kickstarter really a game. Joy Are just you sure to, this is not mm -hmm. one of those things where we just needed a little bit of money to publish it? Because this thing, I, I, maybe it's that, but it, it has Kickstarter so um, ingredients. Yeah. Um, like there, there are pieces of lore that you can find in dungeon, like texts and written books and things like that, that um, appear to have been written by Kickstarter backers because it will say something like that on the on the bottom either. Either oh, they were yeah. written by by backers, or maybe they were just added as um, stretch goals. But it will have. They say something about 
uh, it's Kickstarter related. Like oh my there's gosh. certain content. Oh my gosh. Okay. So in Divinity Original what's, what's Sin 2, there are people's portraits in the game that are pictures of Kickstarter backers. So you pick them up and sell them for loot. So I just keep finding different people who back this game and you just steal their artwork. It's great. It's so dumb. So it's just a dude? It, it's a picture of them. Like it's been put through some Photoshop filter to look like painted art, but it's their name and they just appear on a wall and it's like picture of Duke, okay. whatever, whatever the name they wanted to be called in the game. I was going to say, if it was just random photos, that'd be pretty immersion-breaking. Yeah, yeah, like someone... yeah, no, they, they make it look different. Okay. <laughs> okay, so so this Kickstarter mm-hmm. game, Pascal, which... I... Yeah, or this game, just in general. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's really pretty to look at. Um, and there is a story which is oh, kind of... Pascal, um, I need it to is interrupt kind of you again, I'm sorry. Oh, my, yes. Um, <laughs> you really don't want to hear about I it. I do, I do, but I need to read this first. QR3M. QR3M. Note that down. It'll become more relevant later. Okay, go ahead, Pascal. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? Okay. Uh, sorry, battle chasing. It's hard to pick up. <laughs> talking about how, okay, you were talking about how beautiful it looks. It's Kickstarter but game. I, I, wonderful I've animation. I said that already. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it's I'm hard trying to, to remind describe. you. Yeah. Um, so the real thing that I've been enjoying about this game is the battle system, which is what I was really hoping I would because it looked so great and it has it has been really cool. So there's um, a ton of nuance in the battles. So it is um, turn-based JRPG style, um, which which I do like. But I realize you have to like that kind of battle system. Um, and each character has his or her own mana pool so, to start with. Um, then they all have... Uh, a couple of uh, normal attacks. Well, the normal attacks can be, they, they all have um, trade-offs with each other. So uh, one normal attack might um, inflict a status ailment on the enemy, but not much damage. Another attack does like random damage to multiple enemies. And every characters are so different from each other that each character really feels like they bring something important to the battle. Um, but one thing that the attacks all have in common is they build up something called overcharge. They, uh, they give each character five or ten or so overcharge points. And what that does is it adds temporary mana to the mana pool um, only for the current battle. So that brings you to the next tier of attacks. So they have um, mana-based abilities as well. Um, and if you use any of those, they drain the overcharge that you've already built up in that battle before they start draining your mana pool. So it, it can um, possibly give you, if you play it slowly and methodically, it can give you unlimited mana to use for your um, for your special attacks as long as you take the time to build up the temporary um, overcharge points first. Which so that's that's kind of that's kind of neat because the game is um, it's pretty challenging I've found. So you do you do really have to rely on those um, those higher damage um special abilities and then um apart from all of that there's also something called uh burst attacks which is i don't know how else to call it besides another uh, higher level special ability so these are like your your um your overdrives or your like your summons in a way it's not tech you're not really summoning anything but it kind of works in the same manner where it's like the ultimate attack right um and those 
those work off of a, a shared burst meter. So you build it up over over time by doing actions or taking damage. Um, but if one character uses up um, that uh, the burst meter, it's gone for everybody. So you have to build it back up again over time. And then that burst meter is further divided into up to three different levels. Um, so if you build up um, all three gauges, you get access to... Um, to more damaging or, or, or better bursts than you would if you only build up one of the burst gauges. I don't know if that makes sense. I hope it does. It does, yeah. So there's all of that in play um, with each of a total of six characters, but you could only have three characters in battle at one time, and they don't feel in any way interchangeable. Every character is super unique um, and fulfills like a very important role, which adds to the difficulty because... Um, you can only have three, so it's it's a constant trade-off that's that's really rewarding, but also challenging. Um, and it, that's been a lot of fun. Now, having said all that, the first I I didn't keep track, but the first maybe let's say five or six hours um, weren't really that exciting because all of these different elements in play for combat. Um, get added piece by piece slowly. So when you first start the game for the first few hours, you don't have access to most of that. So you may only have um, the basic abilities and a small selection of, of mana-based abilities, and then that's it for a while. Um, and you also don't have all of your characters yet, so you can't you know, swap out the party and, and create different, um, different combinations. So it takes a while to access all of that. But once you have... So I'm, I just got to the point. I'm at a... Um, I'm close to 20 hours right now, and I just got my my full six-person party. So I, you know, I just got the last um, character added. Um, I have access to all of it at this point. So it took a while of playing, but man, there's so much like I could possibly do in battles now that it's really fun. And so that's really been the highlight. So, um, can you switch out during battles? Or do no. You, you switch uh, out party between can... battles. You can only switch party members um, in town. There's one town. Um, so the game takes place on an island um, that you, you're you on an airship in the opening cinematic and it gets shot down. It gets attacked by bandits and shot down and your characters bail and they um, they wash up on the beach of this island. Wait, and wait. So is this, this an ease game? Do they forget their memory? <laughs> no, what's his name? Um... What's the guy's name in Ease? He's not anywhere Adam. to be found. Adam. Yeah, no, he's not in it. I let, he, maybe he was like the next Kickstarter stretch goal that never that never <laughs> was never reached. Um, this and the story does revolve around that also because at first it's just the three characters. They don't know where any of the rest of the the group is. They you know they've gotten separated during their um, during the attack. So this, at first, the story is let's find our missing people, and as they do and explore the island, um, the the rest of the narrative kind of unfolds of what's happening on the island. So that's I mean I think that that's all I'll say there. But um, yeah, <laughs> I forget what you were asking. Um, I was asking about switching characters. The, so the island only has one um, one village basically. So you can only switch out at the inn in town and that's it um so you you better decide who you want to take because um as soon as you go for it it, it might be a while before you come back unless you just want to abandon everything and run back to town for some reason mm-hmm. um and the characters that aren't in battle with you do not level up 
So there's a pretty hefty challenge already, and it, it gets even harder if you neglect a character for too long because they will be way behind everybody. I mean, the, the challenge is, is, is pretty good for those characters that have kept up with the leveling. Um, and it's, it's almost impossible to bring like under level characters into, into your, whatever area you're currently playing in. So you do have to take time to go back and maybe do repeat some dungeon runs at lower levels to try to, um, beef up the other characters. Um, I've done some of that and that's probably added to my playtime. Um, but since the combat system is a lot of fun, it, you know, it helps to make it feel a little bit less like a chore to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, and then I think the only other thing really that I can think of to mention at this time um, is the dungeons are pretty long. Like I, I will spend um, maybe up to two hours in a dungeon. And I thought at first the first few dungeons were um, they were serviceable, but they weren't really blowing me away. But then I, I got into um, uh, into a certain dungeon at some point where it was really story heavy. Uh, with with a lot of things like happening around you and uh, uh, like documents you can find and read and um, and I, I started really loving it and I think since um, since that point I've been I've been um, progressively more uh, excited about the game because it the the like so it really has a, a curve at first where you got to give it some time but once you hit a certain point it becomes uh, really fun and interesting. It's still not the most interesting story ever, but um, it is good, and it's a lot of fun to play. So I have been very happy to get to do that for this week. Cool. Do you have a review coming right. on that? Yeah, once once it's done. I, I have no clue how close I am to being done. I think, I, I, I think I'm past the halfway point. Probably not by much. I don't know. I there's, there, there's no indication for how much more I have. Because I, I, I have to take so much time to try to uh, level up um, some of the characters that you know it, it could still take me a while. Yeah. All right. Before you go on the Kelly, you need to watch that little video I just posted. In the, it's like twenty seconds long. It's it's RPG relevant, and it's really really funny. Yeah, I stepped it to my husband and heard him laughing from all the way upstairs. <laughs> okay. But we're an audio podcast, people. Oh, my goodness. Aren't you streaming? <laughs> yeah, but I'm not putting that on the stream. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. It, it's technically G-rated. No, yeah. it isn't. I mean, why not? Because <laughs> uh, side boob? <laughs> <laughs> what in the my world first reaction to My first reaction to that was, Yuna, calm your tits. that's that's really dumb all right i think it's some kind of glitch yeah i I don't think i don't (laughs) know what's going on there (laughs) okay so this is one of those shows today all right i guess so Uh, (laughs) kelly what have you been playing oh wait no no pascal you're not done you played something else didn't you I have, but it's it's a pretty good segue into into Kelly too. So I can, I mean, I can say a few sentences, but it's pretty much going to probably lead to her. Yes, that that's how this works. No, that's which cool. which I'm kind of excited about because I, I really want to hear more from you about this now. Because um, I've only played a, maybe the first 
um, two hours maybe of, we of uh, Monst- yes. Monster Hunter stories. Monster yeah, Hunter stories. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I was just wondering how far we were going to go without telling them. <laughs> we got to keep them in suspense, keep them listening. No. Yeah, I don't. I really want to hear more from you about it because I really don't think I get the battle system. Well, the the thing about the battle system is that Naviru rock paper scissors. Yeah, and Naviru kind of says at the beginning of the battle what to expect from the monsters. Like he'll say, "Hey, this is a really fast raptor" or something like that. So that kind of clues you in that they're going to use speed attacks. So then you yeah. counter with technical. Well, I get so, the idea behind it, but it doesn't. I don't know. Um, like I'm using what what goes up against. You know, if it's, if it's speed, um, I use uh, whichever one it is. I don't. I forget if it's power or technical. So I'm using. Yeah. I think I'm using the right one. Um, but yet my character does like no damage or very little damage. And then um, my monster. So the only one I have right now is like like the raptor kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It, no matter which attack it uses against the same enemy, even if it's not the right attack, it'll do like exponentially more damage than I am. I don't um, understand. Have, have you upgraded your equipment at all? Not yet. Uh, no, I'm okay. so I'm at the very beginning I've not done I've looked at the upgrades and I was like, oh I'll I'll you know I'll do those soon when I have more money. Yeah, I mean you have to upgrade your equipment obviously. You can get better equipment in the long run. Um, I say just kind of push through it. You'll kind of get over that hurdle as you level up and can obviously get more money to do upgrades and stuff like that. But, I mean, your monster is going to kind of be your bread and butter for a little while. And you're also going to want to just try and get that kinship stone up and get on the monster as soon as you can and do the combined attacks and then either try to knock the monster down to do your special or just finish it off with the special. Because if you finish it off with the special, you get better loot. And you would say that even just for for normal basic um, um, battles? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, as long as you get that meter up, you can use your special immediately. But with um, some of the longer, tougher monster battles, uh, you're going to want to definitely try to knock the monster down and then use the special because that, that'll maximize your damage output. Yeah, so that's that's been kind of my, my take on it for the first just few hours. Like, I, I, it looks it looks really fun, and, and the graphics are great. Um, and I was really excited about it, like, listening to you talk about it a couple of mm-hmm. weeks ago. Um, but I have had some some trouble with the combat mechanics. And have you managed to get more monsters in your party, or you just got the raptor? Um, I just got my second one, but I haven't used it yet. So I've, yeah. I've, I've only gotten two so far. The game really encourages you to try to get like a variety of different ones, and there's catch-up mechanics for experience, so that if you get a new one, you can either give it you can give it food to kind of get it up to your level, and then later on you get a mission mechanic that lets you send them out on missions for twenty minutes, and you can boost them up that way. Because they get EXP from going on, they get EXP and loot from going on missions. 
Yeah, I'm, I haven't been a super fan of not being able to control what they do in battle because they kind of do their own thing and attack where they want to attack. Um, technically, you can control them in battle as as you've, it uses the stuff in your meter. So if you if you go to your battle menu, there is a thing I think on the top left corner that and it has their command list and you can tell them what to do, but hmm. it uses your um, kinstone power. So I've I've just not been playing it correctly is my my problem then. I mean the game has a little bit of a learning curve, but you kind of get over it after a while. And really, the more I say that the more you explore the areas and the more you kind of get into fights and stuff like that, the more leveled up you're going to be. Well, I'll stick with it. Yeah, I mean, I, the game. I I am in love with this game. I have not been able to put it down. Uh, I really like the story and I, I kind of feel like I am more of a companion to these monsters than I am with Pokemon. Ooh. And that's, yeah. And that's because just the story just makes you really feel like that you're kind of a champion for these monsters. And there is a cut scene later on in the game. I don't want to spoil it, but it just, it made me smile from ear to ear and made you really appreciate and respect your monster. It was so good, and I love Naviru. I love how he's your buddy throughout throughout most of the game, and I really recommend this game to people if they kind of want want more of a Pokemon game, but something that just feels more feels like it has more heart. And I actually just unlocked uh, flying in this game, which makes me like even want to explore more because you can get to areas that you couldn't get to otherwise. And, you know, there's gathering points and poogies and different places for monsters to spawn and stuff like that. So... I mean, just just stick with it. You, you will eventually get more powerful as the game goes on. And I don't know if you'll be like me where you're just going to get addicted to finding the monster nest and being like, oh, well, this is a gold nest. What's going to be in this one? Yeah, the fact that you said you've, you have been able to put it down and you it's been like, what, three or four weeks for you already? Um, I took a break to f- play through Samus Returns. Keep that in mind. Oh. Well, it, either way, I know this is going to be a long one still. Yeah. I mean, I was, I'm was i trying to finish it before uh, Etrian Odyssey 5 comes out, but if I'm still enjoying it, Etrian Odyssey 5 might get bumped until I finish this one because I just... I'm loving it so much. It's one of those ones where it's like, okay, I guess I'll continue the story, but I'm still running around doing side quests and gathering materials to get new armor and upgrade my old armor. And that—that's the other neat thing too. Later on, you get armor that, uh, if it matches your monster, you get a bonus.
So if you like, I think that first monster you get is one of the raptors. Later on, you can get quests to create raptor armor, and it'll give you a slight bonus to how much your kinship stone increases. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I'm hoping right now that there's something mm-hmm. uh, more interesting on the horizon than so the like the first couple of um, sub quests I, I I got were. Uh, gather this herb or gather some ore just you know actually just gathering or or kill this enemy mm-hmm. and that reminds me a lot of when i just played um monster hunter where it was just like gather everything you could mm-hmm. so I, I was really hoping something else down the line oh uh, i mean yeah that's what the majority of the quests are in that game unfortunately but the nice thing is that the side quests are kind of optional they're mainly just to kind of get you well i say they're optional they do have benefits to doing them like getting extra recipes to build and extra abilities and stuff like that and that's also going to be your revenue stream but what the game doesn't tell you is that a lot of the quests are repeatable so if you need money then just pick out a quest to go pick uh, kill off some easy monsters and that's some easy money for you. But I mean, if, if that's not your thing, I completely understand too, because I know that a lot of the, you know, gather bare ass quests don't appeal to a lot of people. And I, I don't blame them for that. They're very rote, but um it, it behooves you to kind of take those quests anyway, because while you're out in the field, if you're going to be killing stuff and gathering stuff anyway, you might as well get some benefit from it, too. Yeah. So. That's it for me if you want to keep going. No, no, I mean, that's pretty much the game in a nutshell from what I've been playing and I didn't know if you had anything else to contribute to it. <laughs> Not yet, no. Yeah. I mean, I, stick with it. I, I understand if you kind of want to fall off if it's not your thing, but I recommend sticking with it because it is a pretty good game. Well, I mean, Pascal was just telling us how you have to stick with Battle Chasers for five to seven hours, right? So. Yeah. True. Some games just have slow burns. Speaking of slow burns, that's how I feel like we're getting through this, uh, this hot, what you've been playing, huh? Well, I can tell my SNES classic story. Oh, you got one, didn't you? Yes, I did. I mean, it's not, I'm building it up way too much. It's not that interesting, but, Did you um, have to kill somebody at a Walmart to get one? No, no. uh, It wasn't a Walmart. (laughs) Yeah. That's the only part of that, that story that's different. So um, I took the day off yesterday to go SNAS Classic Hunting because even though I got a Target pre-order in, I didn't exactly trust it because that was that day that pre-orders kept going up and down and there were bots and the well, site was really canceled, glitchy. Though, so you should be fine. No, it, it hadn't been canceled. It's just, just something about it just didn't. I didn't want to believe it until I had it in my hand. And plus I wanted to pick up one for my family. So I took the day off yesterday and my original plan was to just head down to Best Buy at nine o'clock, see how bad the line was. And if the line was wrapping around the building, I was like, okay, I guess my family's not getting one for Christmas for the time being. Well, 
yesterday or Wednesday or no Thursday afternoon, I get an email from Best Buy saying that they're going to be handing out tickets at seven o'clock in the morning. And your ticket, you get your ticket and you go in and you get your SNES Classic. So it's like, oh, great. I thought I was going to get to sleep in on my day off. I guess I'm getting up at 6 a.m. to go line up for a ticket. So like Black Friday type stuff. Yeah, it, it it very much was. So Friday morning rolls around. The dog wakes me up at 5 o'clock in the morning to go out to pee. And I lay in bed for another half hour. And it's like, I can't go back to sleep. I've got to get up in an hour, any or in 30 minutes. Anyway, I might as well just head down there. So I do at 5.30 in the morning. And I see that there's already a line forming about... I want to say about 20 people and my esti- my estimate was exactly correct because the number on my ticket was 21. And I'm glad I got there when I did because it looked like there was about 40 people in line. And somebody in line had the intel inside the Best Buy that that particular Best Buy got um, like 92 of them in stock. So it was pretty much covered and at first, they were saying that we was going to have to wait the whole three hours until uh, the Best Buy opened to secure our place in line. But then when they came back out to hand us our tickets, I was like, eh, you can go. So I was like, yay, I go get me some breakfast at McDonald's and then eat and then go back to sleep for two hours. Well, I get there at 10 o'clock and... There's like a smattering of people at 10 o'clock and it was, it wasn't even like the same people that were there at seven o'clock. And I realized, you know, I probably could have slept in the whole time because I don't think that they even really sold like half of the stock that morning. Really? Because, you know, there was, yeah, because there were still people with, there was still a guy outside handing out tickets as people walked up and, as I was checking out, I saw them all lined up all along the wall, and they, like most of them were still there. Now, granted, there was a whole bunch of people in line behind me. Um, I imagine that they sold out eventually, but it wasn't like Lord of the Flies like I thought it was going to be. Oh, I'm disappointed. Yeah, I've been hearing uh, some Targets still had some like way past noon, people just walking in and seeing them in the, in the case. But... Uh... Now, that being said, I heard that the Walmarts were more Lord of the Flies because a lot of the yeah. Walmarts only got like 30 and and they were accounted for at midnight. I actually ended up getting one, too. Cool. Where'd I, you get yours? Amazon Treasure Truck. Oh, oh I heard cool. about that. But we don't have one I just here. Got a, I got a text and I was like, Amazon Treasure Truck has SNES Classics. Do you want one? And I was like, talk to my wife. Do you really want one? You want to go down and get one? Oh, yeah, let's get one. I want one in the living room. So, okay, so I ordered it on my phone. They saved me one. We drove down there, and I like you just walk up and grab it. So mine was kind of uneventful. Yeah. Treasure well, treasure. I mean, I hope I didn't build up the t- story too much. It sounded like it was going to be something more, but it was more like, <laughs> uh. I did see I some did. people where they're standing in a lot of lines uh, on some of these gaming Facebook groups I'm in, and it was kind of yeah. a madhouse at some places, so. And I, I was concerned because I saw on Reddit that the event in New York at the Nintendo store was just horribly mismanaged and people trampling people, and, um, that kind of thing. And 
a lot of people were also telling horror stories at the Walmart that a lot of the Walmarts didn't have tickets, that scalpers were buying more than one and stuff like that. So it was like, I don't know what I'm in for. Um, Did you have a baseball bat in the trunk? uh, No, but I did bring my pocket knife just in case. And I'm not making that up because, you know, I, my husband wasn't going to be with me and I didn't know what kind of shady people were going to show up. (laughs) I mean, I don't live in a particularly bad neighborhood, but I still was kind of concerned being by myself at 530 in the morning when the sun wasn't out. But luckily, everybody in line was very nice. There was even a lady in line that uh, was a ER nurse that had just got off work. And she was freaking out. She was like, if I got to wait till 10 o'clock, I don't know when I'm going to sleep. I feel like we've kind of made it. Like video games have kind of made it. You know you've made it when you have to worry about shady people in line at 530 in the morning for a video game related event. Yeah. Yeah, nice. really. I mean, I've I've seen pictures on Facebook and Craigslist. Scalpers have still managed to get their hands on a whole bunch of them and they're trying to sell them, but... And if you look at the sold listings on eBay, people are buying them at the scalped price. So 180 bucks on Amazon. Yeah, obviously people aren't learning their lesson and didn't take Reggie's advice. Just yeah. But they also said that that particular Best Buy got five in for the NES Classic. So having 90 in was just. So let's read Definitely. a story from a listener. Scar put this in uh, our forums this week, and uh, we'll share it here because it's more relevant here. Um, That's says, a staff member. I went... Um, oh, he is a staff member. I'm sorry. Yeah, and listener. What's not his to name? say not a listener. I, I forget what his name is then. Joshua. What's that? What's last? Joshua Carpenter. Carpenter. Wow. Scarp. the first result on uh, Google is Joshua Carpenter. Nice. You got the twi- you got the the Google uh, SEO optimization. It looks like he has a really cute cat too. Yes, he does. Orange kitty, it's so cute. Oh, all right. Anyway, here's his Walmart story. Um, I went to my local Walmart at midnight to pick up a SNES Classic. They had plenty, and even showing up just before midnight, I was able to snag one. Anyway, while I was standing in line, a guy who apparently was doing his shopping because he had a full cart stopped to ask what the line was for. We told him it was for the SNES Classic. In response, he sell- he yelled, Nintendo beep, Nintendo PC Master Race. It was like the real-life <laughs> personification of a Nintendo-hating internet troll. That was the last thing I was expecting to see in my small Alabama town at midnight. PC Master Race. They exist. Yes, Nintendo PC Master Race. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so yeah, I get home at um, ten o'clock. I you know I have the day off. I I hook up the thing, and I mean, you know, people can cry Raspberry Pi all they want, but there's something to be said about having all the stuff right there. You don't have to. All you have to do is hook it up. You don't have to install an OS or anything like that. You just have the games right there. I fired up Mario World. I felt like I was a little kid again. And then I ended up firing up the first Star Fox because you have to play the first level of the first Star Fox in order to unlock Star Fox 2. And that was the whole reason why I wanted this system. So 
I play through the first level and I'm like, I wonder how long it can take me to beat this. So I hunker down on the couch. I play through the first Star Fox in about an hour and a half. Um, I thought I was going to end up doing a no kill run, but then died to like three times on the second to last boss because I just couldn't remember the rhythm of the hitboxes and stuff like that. And then beat Star Fox 1, fire up Star Fox 2. And at first I'm like, where was this game when I was a kid? Because it was kind of the flight sim that I always wanted to play. Mm-hmm. So I play through it. And then the whole point of that game is that it's more of an open world Star Fox in a way where you can kind of choose which levels to go in. And Andros is firing missiles at Corneria and you have to intercept them before they hit Corneria or else Corneria takes damage. Mm-hmm. And when Corneria hits 100% damage, it's game over. So I'm destroying carrier bases and I'm destroying some of the bases on some of the planets and stuff like that and then all of a sudden it's like okay we can take on Andros now and it automatically takes you to the last level to take on Andros and I I play through it and it's like huh this game is really short (laughs) and I think I beat that game in less than an hour wow and I was like, oh, okay, I, I can kind of see why they didn't release this now. Uh, they didn't release it because it wasn't going to compete with the PlayStation graphics. Oh, yeah, The thing that was totally too. ready to go. Yeah, that too. And I can, I can see why in that aspect too, because as you're playing in some of the bases, there's a very Doom-like feel to it because your arm wing can either fly or it can walk around on the ground as a like walking unit yeah and it's like uh star fox uh zero yeah <laughs> years before it's time and apparently better <laughs> yeah and like you know you you're using the l and r buttons to kind of swing your camera around and that was very disorienting and even more disorienting if you're playing with a wii u controller with a Wii Classic controller because your first instinct is to want to hit that right analog stick to swing the camera around. And I could, when I couldn't do that, it's like, oh, yeah, I got to use the OR bar- buttons. Okay. And, you know, because it's 16-bit, the frame rate is terrible, and you're kind of feeling like you're running around in molasses, and even more so when there's this one level that's an underwater level. And yeah, Star Fox 2 is an interesting little novelty, that's for sure. I mean, I don't know. It's one of those games that I think if it would have released like before the PlayStation and stuff was a thing, that it would have been a hit. But with them canceling it like at the time that they did, I can kind of see why they did. It's an interesting little novelty, that's for sure. But other than that, yeah, I mean, I think that the SNES Classic is worth every penny and worth all the headaches that it took to get it. Well, Earthbound, did I see Final Fantasy VI, maybe? Yeah. Um, Earthbound, Final Fantasy VI, Secret of Mana. They put a lot of... Yeah. I mean, they put a lot of really, really good games on it. Yeah. And Earthbound. Some Kirby. Oh, here we go. Kirby's um, golf game. 
See, I don't know why they did the golf game and not because Dreamland 3. I don't know why they don't have ActRaiser on it. I can't explain that. There's no logical explanation for why you would. The biggest one I hear is people wanting Chrono Trigger. Yeah, then oh, they should. Yeah. There should be a ton of Square Enix games on there. I'm sorry, that's an important part of that library. And I guess whatever. I don't know. Maybe they just. Maybe it was more licensing stuff. I guess so. It makes sense. But... Ooh, here's the missile. I think I was taken uh, over Chrono Trigger. Say that again? It could be file size, because how big of a game is Chrono Trigger? Oh, it can't be file size. Yeah, no, it's not file size. You can stick a whole bunch of stuff on there. Okay, well. And it's like the same hardware as the NES Classic, too, apparently. Yeah, and I think people have already figured out how to mod it. Yeah, just do whatever you did for the other one. See, I'm I'm gonna wait until they're more readily available and um maybe pick up one yours? down the line. Oh. I I'm I'm gonna pick up one down the line to mod that way I don't mess up my prime one. Because if they if they do become hard to find later on, I don't want to mess up the only one I could get my hands on. But we'll see. The only, the only thing I don't like about it is the little trap door that you have to pull out to I know, plug to get in the, the controllers. controllers. That's so silly. Well, it, the trap door just feels very flimsy, and it feels like it's really hard to pull out. Like, I really had to kind of get my fingernail under, the, under there to get that thing out. It's like, I'm going to break this stupid thing at some point. Is Mario RPG on there? Yep. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just watching the trailer and learning about it as we go. <laughs> it's a bunch of games on here. Super Metroid. What's this one? Oh, Yo- Link to the Past. Yoshi's Island? Yeah, Yoshi's Island. That's the one that people have been freaking out about it because they never put Yoshi's Island on the virtual console. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I thought I have it on my put... 3DS. Oh, the Game Boy Advance version of it. That's right. Yeah, nobody likes the GBA version of that game because of how washed out it looks. Uh... That and the touch fuzzy get dizzy level it isn't quite as uh, trippy in the Game Boy Advance version. Oh, really? Okay. Nobody yeah. except for Chris. Now you make him feel bad. No, I, I don't actually <laughs> like it. I, I, I kind of was taking the opinion of, like, I don't think this game's very good. <laughs> you don't like Yoshi's Island? Not, not from what I've played on GBA. And that was always uh, a game for my sister. I don't, I'm not into it. I, I gotta say, play the Super Nintendo version. It's a hundred times better. You don't have nearly the screen it crunch. It, it can't be a hundred times better from it the is. issues you're lit. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, I have it freaking downstairs, I think, so. Just hook up my SNES <laughs> and Josie's Island. <sighs> Whatever. Okay. And the, the last game I played this week, and I'm just only going to touch on it briefly, is more Yeez 8. Yeah. Um, How's that going the, for you? The story in that game is kind of giving me a lost 
feel lost as in the TV show. Just because, um, you know, as you're finding more castaways, like in one chapter, it turns out that one of the castaways is a murderer and you got to figure out who it is. And, you know, as as this happens, you know, there's a lot of mistrust and stuff amongst your group and things kind of get interesting in that regard. And I'm going to be curious to see just where else the story goes. Um, there's also kind of a flashback mechanic with the Dana character that's been kind of that they introduced. It's been kind of weird. Um, I don't know if the two stories are going to converge at some point or what. Um, as far as the gameplay itself goes, I'm having a lot of fun just running around this huge island and exploring and beating up monsters and gathering stuff and stuff like that. Although p- playing it at the same time as Monster Hunter stories is very weird because like, I keep seeing bugs in these eight. I'm like, oh, I got to gather the bugs. Oh, wait, no, you don't <laughs> gather bugs in this game. You gather bugs in Monster Hunter stories. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, a little ga- game convergence there. Uh, right. I'm trying to finish that one before uh, the end of October. Um, so that you're done before. Um, I planned on starting up. Uh, Zodiac Age on October 31st because right. um, one of, I don't know if I told the story on the podcast or not. One of my best memories with my husband was um, the original Final Fantasy 12 came out on October 31st and we b- bought it and he came over to my house and we uh, gave out candy to trick-or-treaters and then when I did candy that too! Was done, Except yeah, without and, inviting your husband over. I didn't do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you wouldn't have known him. No. <laughs> that was back when he was my boyfriend too but, okay um, uh-huh yeah we, we, i didn't know you either we uh we passed out candy and then when candy was passed out we fired up final fantasy 12 and made fun of the cutscenes because they were kind of corny and, and you it's one of those Bob happy little memories yeah I'm hoping that the audio quality in this port is better because, my God, the audio quality sucked in the PlayStation 2 version of that game. Hmm, I don't know. Don't they have, like, two soundtracks on this one? I thought that one of the soundtracks was DLC, but yeah. I could be mistaken. Oh, right. yeah. You're supposed to be able to switch back and forth between the remastered soundtrack and the original, but I don't remember being able to tell much of a difference. Although it did sound I, good. You were playing like in, it through in, a, in a good can, way. So. Yeah, I, I do know that like on the PS2 version that the audio quality of the voices, it sounded like they recorded that VO oh, in a whole That's way. not going to be the... That's no different. I've, I've been watching people play it. That's that's the same. Because they didn't redo the voice recordings. And that's just... Oh my god. Yeah, it <laughs> sounds like they were, they, they were recorded in a small room in a basement, right? Is what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. And that's the same because they didn't re-record them, so... And you would have oh to get God. rid of that. Yeah, sorry. I hated that about that game the first time. Yeah, well, you'll get used to it. 
And then you can go I and know. watch the cutscene where they do all the Final Fantasy Tactics references and be happy. I know. I love that cutscene. Like, like, I remember playing Bet and Kaitos and the audio quality was that bad. And I ended up turning off the voices in that game because I couldn't <laughs> stand it. Well, turn off the voices at the beginning of the game because it's just Vaughn and Penelo. So, yeah. Who wants to hear them? You turn it on when you get to um, uh, Bosch von Ronsenberg of Damasca. Don't believe Andor's lies. Yeah, that's right. I think we're done with what you've been playing. So I have this for you. DQNB. DQNB. All right. Next up, headlines. Let's talk about the news this week, folks. Ah, first off, we've got details on Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. What? What do we got? All right, there's a new trailer that's uh, revealed a bunch of stuff. Uh, let's see. Can you so, go surfing? Yeah, so just like in the first game, you're going out to complete the island challenge. However, some of the challenges have been changed. Yay, finally, confirmation that they changed some of the challenges. And there is a new trial given by Mina. I don't remember who Mina is, but whatever. Um, there is a storyline involving legendary Pokemon Necrozma coming up during the island challenge. Uh, do, do, do. There'll be 400 species of Pokemon in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Some Pokemon specific to one version or the other, of course. Like uh, a specific example being Houndoom in Ultra Sun and Manetric in Ultra Moon. You get to ride Pokemon, of course, and they're adding Mantine to the Pokemon you can ride. Uh, and there's a contest for Mantine surfing, apparently, that you can do tricks during. They've got the Alola Photo Club, which, uh, if you remember, you could take pictures in the in the first couple games, and they're going to do that again. And you could take photos of themselves and their Pokemon po partner Pokemon, change the backgrounds, camera angles, and poses, and the photos can then be decorated with frames or stickers and be shared with other trainers online. And Pokemon Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon coming out November 17th. Did anyone care about those reveals? Is, who's jumping into Pokemon? Kelly, you are, right? Yeah, I have it pre-ordered. Um, I know Anna Marie I'm is. Hoping it's going to be different enough. Mm -hmm. I still hardly have it said. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I spent like 30 seconds trying to figure out what DQNB was supposed to mean. <laughs> I thought it was Dragon forgot. Quest related. Yep. Nope. Then I, then I realized what you were doing. Yep. <laughs> Fire Emblem Warriors got some DLC info. Uh, let's see. The pricing and schedule for the DLC has been announced. They've got three packs uh, with characters and weapons from the main represented games, Fates, Shadow Dragon, and Awakening. So the first pack is Fire Emblem Fates DLC pack. It's coming out December. Then the Shadow Dragon DLC packs February of next year. And then Awakening pack is March of next year. They're $9 each. And you can buy a season pass for 20 bucks that gives you all three, including a bridal costume for Lucina from Awakening. And there is an English version of the Japanese. Okay, so they've got the uh, Kaeda and Tiki trailer out now, so you can watch that. And uh, you can see their English voices. That's up on the site now. And we have the opening of Hero... Yeah, the opening of the game is now up, so you can watch the opening uh, FMV that would play when you boot up the game, presumably. And they've got a trailer showing off all the cast of characters, and I think those are both Japanese trailers. Yeah, 
So, when does that come out here? Soon, right? October twentieth this year. Yeah. We have Golf Story that's out now on the Switch. I was going to get into that new releases, but uh, that's out for fifteen bucks, and apparently it's pretty good. So maybe I'll play that this week. Hmm. There's even frisbee golf in Golf Story. Figure that out. Uh, who's playing Neo? Anybody here? No? Okay. Well, people who like Neo, the last DLC is out for it, called Bloodshed's End, and it picks up where the last DLC ended. It's 10 bucks on its own or part of the season pass, so if you were into Neo, that last DLC is there. Fallout is free I feel like today. I'll play that eventually. Oh, you will? Yeah. I, I'm going to play um, it when it's a bundled Game of the Year edition, and I don't have to pay for the extra DLC. Yeah, it's it's Souls-like, right? So I think that's going to pop up at yeah. some point for me. Yeah. So apparently the first Fallout is free today, Saturday the 30th. Um, I don't know where you go to get this free Fallout, though. Steam. I'm Steam? on Steam. I search for Fallout. I don't see it coming up. Where do I find... Uh, what do I look for? I Fallout found it when Classic I searched Fallout. Collection is 20 bucks, so that's not it. I think it's uh, Fallout, a post-nuclear... RPG. Oh, here it is. That's the Free. one. Free. That... Yeah, there it is. Just type in Fallout. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get it now. Um, install game. Install now. I already have it on GOG. Why not have it on Steam as well? Now, if only there was a complete noob's guide to that game, because I have never been able to get past the first area. There's, there's stuff on game packs oh that you can. There's stuff on everything. <laughs> yeah. Fallout has been thoroughly. Thoroughly harvested. <laughs> and the thing is, Fallout, you can beat it really quickly, or you can there's a lot it's kinda like, okay, here's your guy, here's the world, go. And you there's like a, a lot of different ways you can go about beating that game. I recommend hacking all your stacks to maximum <laughs> and then going around and talking to everyone and just having fun with the conversation system. I see. I had fun with that. Um make a diplo sniper. Someone who um Really good at talking, but also really good at shooting people from far away. <laughs> oh, Fallout. Good good writing. Oh, oh um, one news story we forgot to mention that mm, might yeah. be relevant. Um, Final Fantasy's 30th anniversary is going on at Record Keeper, and they're giving away a lot of good stuff. Um, you can get 30 mithril and get a 30 relic draw. Well, then. and I, th I think that it um it actually guarantees uh six star items. At least one six star item in that 30 well, I relic did that. draw. I got three six star yeah. items. That's what. That yeah, so did I. Yeah. Speaking of 30th, weren't they talking about issuing some super 30th anniversary collector edition thing? And I haven't seen anything about it since. Yeah, that was a rumor. Um, I don't know. They've got what three months to deliver or announce. Yeah, doubt it's happening now. Yeah. Wow. Well, they're already in phase three. I've missed phase two already. Ooh. Oh, free 30 times Relictro. Oh my gosh. Just so many things. There's so many. I remember doing one the other day that I got. S oh my gosh. Just go to Record Keeper and get all your relics. 
Holy crap! When they say 30 times relic draw, they mean you're drawing 30 relics for free. Yeah. Two six stars I got. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Go play Record Keeper, everybody. Go get get on that. All right. Uh, back to the, back to reality. Um, reality. <laughs> Here we go with uh, Final Fantasy 4.1. The letter from the producer went live, so we have tons of patch things. Um, even more things about patches. Uh, let's see. What's the important part? Um, more stuff for your adventure dungeon or squadrons, excuse me. Um, and uh, I won't bore you with all the details because all the Final Fantasy fourteen people aren't here right now. Um, a new Shinru battle that's really hard, apparently. Uh, some HUD updates. Do 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 relocation. Oh, I gotta read about that. Um, and when's the date? Date, 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 date. Release date. When's the release date? This thing says the release date is in here. Where's the release date? I'm sorry. I messed this up. I should have read that sooner. I don't see it. I don't see the release date. Okay, I'm going to Google. I, I I just Googled, I typed in Google 4.1 release date instead of FF14 4.1 release date. So that's always great. October 10th. All right. We finally have a date. So not not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday, 4.1 comes out. You play more story, get more battles, do new housing lit, uh, area and stuff. So Final Fantasy 14. Cool. Uh, oh, I got Noctis's sword and Record Keeper, and Ooh. Sephiroth's um, Shirish Rodden. Cool, neat. See, my game really wants me to play Fang for some reason because she <laughs> now has an Overstrike and two Bursts. Wow. Okay, that's um. Oh, I need to. I need to ignore this right now. It's going to distract me too much. All right, we have a review up of Udawaru Ramono, uh, Mask of Truth. So you can go see what Alex thought of that. Hint, he liked it. Um, and we have a review. Uh, we have a, a overview of the Fan Expo 2017 stuff from uh, Scott Wachter. So he, uh, we've got impressions of Nino Kuni, Far Cry. Five and Assassin's Creed Origins and an audio interview with Robert Schwab. So sweet. And wow. And apparently they got they got all the whole cast of Rocky Horror back together. Jeez. Wait, what? Yeah. Go figure that out. So, so I was gonna say some of them are uh <laughs> some of them aren't alive anymore. Well, what it says i don't know he doesn't have a picture or anything so i'm not sure what he was getting yeah. out there and one of his links think, doesn't work so and i think oh, tim oh, curry's in a wheelchair now yeah i don't know um i need to post in the yeah we got some broken links there uh, sorry uh, i did rocky horror for like 
a couple of years in the early 2000s i actually i actually played frankenfurter you played frankenfurter cool Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah if um if you know my maiden name then you can find pictures but that's for people that want to do some detective work Wow, there's a lot of... Okay. So, hey. our briefs... Sorry, I'm, I'm editing the site, uh, or <laughs> copy editing the site while doing the show, so, sorry. Into the briefs, we have Monster Hunter World details, huh? Ooh, wow. This is a long one. This is really detailed. So, we're just going to mention it briefly, hence why it's in briefs. Go read this article that we have up. Um, the world tells all at TGS for all the in-depth details of Monster Hunter World that came out in TGS. So we have a write-up of all that stuff. So all the minutiae, little things. Um, we have Sword Art Online Hollow Realization DLC is out now, the third chapter of it. I don't know if anyone cares about that game. Um, Sword Legacy Omen from Team 17 has a trailer. And what else? Yeah, it introduces all the heroes in the trailer, so you can check that out. And another Sword Art Online thing, Fatal Bullet. Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet's got character creation and story details. Um, And uh, you can play as an actual avatar, and you can check that out. That game's not out here yet, so that's that's an upcoming one for Japan. There's a 15 patch that's that's coming out. Oh, it's out now. A new event has been added to Chapter 12 that explains some some spoilery stuff. And I don't know why they would add an event to a chapter you've already played through, but okay. Um, I think a lot of other stuff was in that patch, too. So if you mm-hmm. are still in the 15... <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Go Shiina, the person who composed for Tales of Legendia, God Eater, The Good Tracks on Zestiria, and probably Code Vein. He has left bammed. Can't, uh, he's left Bamco. He's left Bandai Namco. So, if you, uh, I guess we're just supposed to be sad about that, and also excited about what he might be going to work on. So, all right. And someone is scratching again at a cable or something. Oh, I'm sorry. That was my headset for some reason. Oh, it's like really squeaky okay. today. That's what it is. I don't know. Very noisy. I think it. It was. I think it's not on my ear. Good. Okay, I moved it. Sorry. Okay. Thank you. Let's hit up our feedback. Project Octopath Traveler. Oh, I'm sorry. I should say who wrote this in. This is on our forums. Jeremy wrote in and said, "For me, Project Octopath Traveler was the highlight of Nintendo's most recent direct." So I think we asked about what you liked in the direct. Um, after spending several hours with the demo, I came away with a strong Saga Frontier meets Suikoden vibe. The characters, graphics, combat system, and strategy-based gameplay were exactly what I was hoping for when the game was first announced last January. Kelly and Pascal's speculation that this game may have originally been designed for the 3DS seems on point. It did not occur to me while I was playing the demo, but the game definitely seems oriented to the 3DS. Uh, Luke says... Oh! No, wait, he's... I think is what he's going for. Um, Hi, gang, first-time writer... Do more like a Santa voice for that. 
Oh, 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 More jolly. All right. Hi, gang. A first-time writer, very long-time listener. What compelled me to write in was your thoughts on Disgaea 5. I just bought a Switch, and whilst I'm ultimately holding out for Stardew Valley, uh, which I'm going to put 500 hours into it again, I thought I'd give Disgaea 5 uh, a try. I played the demo from the Switch store earlier tonight and was blown away at the huge depth of customization and play styles this game offers you. I'm a massive fan of Final Fantasy, so I have no idea how this game has slipped under my radar. Yeah, there's a whole series of them, Luke. <laughs> um, a question for the group. Do I need any prior knowledge of any of the other games, or will I be alright to fully dive into Disgaea 5? You don't need any other knowledge. Um, Disgaea games are pretty self-contained. and you'll, you'll Except miss for Disgaea on... 2. Or Disgaea, yeah, D2. what's it called? D2. It's D2. the only one that's an actual sequel. There are references here and there, that, but they don't. Yeah, you'll, you'll miss out on some in-jokes for sure, but um, I would say that's... the like Disgaea 2, is it 2 that has like Thursday and, and the other crew and stuff come back? Um, yeah, I mean, and, and, and nowadays they just put the characters from the previous games in DLC, so you're yeah. not going to miss that much anyway. Yeah, they don't even matter. It's it's almost not even worth doing those DLC missions at all because they're kind of just, hey, remember this person? Here's their jokes that define their character. Here, now they're in your party. <laughs> it's like, okay, thanks. <laughs> That's the extent so, of recurring characters nowadays. So, like a Family Guy game. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Then he says, "Now to wait the six hours and forty-six minutes left for it to download onto my Switch." Ouch. And my final question is, what will be your game of holiday twenty seventeen? Do you all reckon? Ooh. I think that we'll turn that into our question of the week. I like that one. What will be your holiday game of twenty seventeen? You got to predict it. All right, Strawberry Egg says, You half-joked about a Fire Emblem timeline, and while there isn't one for the entire series, there is one for several games that take place in the same world. Awakening and Fates confirm that Fire Emblem consists of a multiverse, and there are at least three separate universes, possibly more, depending on where the Game Boy Advance Fire Emblems take place and exactly how many worlds interpretation fits in. The main world has three continents, Arcania slash Elise, Valentia slash Valm, and Jugdral first game chronologically is genealogy of the holy war followed by thrashia 776 the two super famicom games we never got these games take place on Jugdral, a distant continent are on our from arcania where marth's game takes place um next is shadow dragon the first game in the series in order of release taking place on arcania uh, shortly after is fire emblem gaiden slash echoes shadows of valentia a continent fairly close to Arcania. Two years after the events of Shadow Dragon is Mystery of the Emblem. And then the last game is Awakening, taking place 2,000 years after Mystery of the Emblem. Both Arcania and Valentia are in the game and renamed to Elise and Valm for not fully explained reasons. <laughs> okay. I know no one asked, but I find the Fire Emblem multiverse to be oddly fascinating. Uh, as for the question of the week, I'll agree with Kelly and say that the f announcement of a future announcement for Shin Megami Tensei HD info to be the mo thing I most cared about out of TGS this year. <laughs> <laughs> what is that future announcement? Like October 13th or something. Okay. Cool. Uh, Jay Scarf says for the question of the week, Aegis I guess Rim was already announced, but even the trailer got me excited for it. My favorite part of the game was seeing the scale models of the mecha on the TGS show floor where the characters in the game were the height of the robot's feet. 
Vanillaware with a modern setting looks so awesome. It's not actually Vanillaware, though, right? It just looks Vanillaware. Oh, that one is Vanillaware? I can't keep the stuff straight. Uh, is that Octopath? No, 13 Sentinels. Oh, I don't know. That is Vanillaware, right. Yes, that's right. I looked at the character taking a step and said, oh, that's a Vanillaware game. <laughs> you can just tell by the way the animation works. There's something about that stuff that they do. Uh, all right, our question of the week is... Um, what was it? Uh, what's what will our what's going to be our game of holiday twenty seventeen? Put this right in here. Oh, and his Stardew Valley thing reminded me. Um, they said that they finally finished certification for the Switch version of Stardew Valley, and that a release date should be announced soon. Oh, good! Yay, Stardew! Making progress. Hopefully, there. that's not the Blizzard soon. All right. So next up, I've got our new releases for the week. <coughs> RPGs, things on people on RPGs Gcast care about, and things that I just thought were interesting include the following. On the PlayStation 4, Battle Chasers Night War. That's the game Pascal's playing. Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen, which has been out for a while, but this is the super enhanced version, finally, that was on PC. Now it's on PS4 and Xbox One. Pharaonic Deluxe Di Edition, which is apparently a side-scrolling RPG, and this is its physical release on PS4. And Raiden 5, Director's Cut. That's a shmup, so that's for me. Xbox One is getting Battle Chasers Nightwear. Battle Garega Rev Revision 2016. This is an old M2 shooter that was on Arcade and Saturn, and it's really expensive. And it came out on PS4 and Xbox One in Japan, and now it's hitting Xbox One here. So I'll probably be picking that up. Um, it's digital only, which is a little disappointing because the shmups are they're so collectible. It's nice to have those physically, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, Battle Garega. If you're into shmups, that's a, that's a notable one to think about. Uh, Dragon's Dogma Dark Risen, also on the Xbox One. Over on 3DS, Cold Sept Revolt's coming out. Yokai Watch 2 Psychic Specters. And, uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga plus Bowser's Minion, October 6th. And Layton's Mystery Journey, October 6th. Over on the Switch, a bazillion games came out this week. Some of the highlights include Brave Dungeon plus Dark Witch's Story, which is like a dungeon crawler plus a card-based battler in one package for 9 bucks. Golf Story, which is apparently reviewing very well. And Picross S, the first Switch Picross game, is out for 8 bucks. Um, and um, Axiom Verge is coming out next week. Yeah, just a warning, uh, the... That doesn't have any touchscreen support. The Picross, um, Picross game. Okay. Yeah. That's weird. No touchscreen. Hmm. Yeah, especially with a Picross game. Yeah. Over on PC, Total War Warhammer 2 is coming out, um, which is kind of, you know, if you're into the Warhammer setting and you want a big old strategy game where you get to take over the world with your Warhammer forces and then watch like griffins attack dragons and stuff or orcs and whatever, yeah, you could do that. Um, Vaporum, which is a steampunk uh, dungeon crawler. Think uh, Legend of Grimrock, but more steampunk. And then Raiden 5, Director's Cut, is also coming to PC. So, with that list, I need to know what you're going to play this week. Kelly? More Monster Hunter. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Pascal? More Monster Hunter. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Battle Chasers. Also, I've got um, Danganronpa 3 ready oh, to go. Oh, Danganronpa 3. He... And Jonathan? 
Hello. Um, not sure. No. <laughs> um, I uh, I guess same. Probably more XCOM two, more Divinity. Okay. <clears throat> Nothing too. I was thinking about trying out the Call of Duty beta this weekend, mm-hmm. and I'm not really a big Call of Duty fan at all. Actually, I usually dislike the games, but it's open beta weekend and. It is uh, going back to the World War II setting, so I may just do it just to see what the fuss is about, but I don't really think I'm going to buy the game. Uh, Alrighty. I'm going to be at a work conference most of the week, so I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I should either get into some sort of portable game like Monster Hunter or Golf Story, or... I'm going to bring my wife's gaming PC and keep working on Divinity 2 because I'm so obsessed with it. So, one of those? Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter. Mm. It's it's funny that you're not playing it when you were the one that kind of sold me on it. Yeah, well, I got into Divinity, and it's really good. <laughs> so, I I'm I want to finish it and then move on when I finish a game. Oh, it's so hard. Oh, 2017. So many games. So many games. Mm-hmm. It's just like last year, really. So, Okay. I think that's it for this week. So if you want to write in and give us your feedback about what game you think will be your holiday game of 2017, that's podcast at rpgamer.com. Phone number is 608-729-4098. And, of course, you can uh, respond, respond on Twitter. And uh, you can post on the message forums at forums.rpgamer.com. Go to the latest updates. There's going to be a show thread there. And then finally... Uh, I just want to say, uh, TK4N, TK4N, and if you put all that together, it's an Undertale theme for PSN. So if you're not interested in that, you don't have to go back and scrape everything, but if you are, that's code for you. And if you already have it, sorry that you went through all the work. <laughs> and uh, Twitter, we have a message on the form if you actually claimed it, just because I'm curious if anyone will figure out the puzzle. It's not much of a puzzle. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, all right. And I think that's it. So we'll see you next week, everybody. Until then, bye-bye and uh, so long. So enjoy your Bye-bye. Bye. Everybody. Bye.